0: All right, Achieve Your Goals podcast listeners. Hey, it's your host, Hal Rudder, your co-host, right? Now I've got John Burgoff on the mic who graciously, when I was diagnosed with cancer, I think most of you know, he offered to help me in any way that he could. And that was one thing As I said, I don't know how I'm going to maintain this podcast. And he said, no problem, buddy, I got it for you. And uh, and now I can't get rid of him. So, uh, <laughs> But uh, today, uh, I'm excited to bring a guest to you. It's interesting, I was just reminding this guest that we actually met. In fact, I went to his house and sat at his kitchen table 16 years ago when I tried to sell him Cutco cutlery. Right, So my background from or 90, 1998 when I was 19 years old to 2006 when I was how many years later that is, I sold Cutco knives. And I was uh, out in the Bay Area for about six months living out there and selling out there. And this woman said, hey, I'm friends... With one of the best poker players in the world, he's like the world champion poker player, Phil Hellmuth. Do you want you know? Do you want me to refer you to Phil and maybe do a presentation for him? And I said, Yeah, it sounds cool. Sounds like a fascinating individual, right? So I got referred to Phil. Went over, did my presentation. His wife wasn't there. I'm pretty sure she did the cooking at the time and. He kind of said I, I I I don't know. I don't know what my wife needs or you know, she should have been here shooting. So yeah, it didn't turn out into a sale, but uh it uh you know, it was a great experience and it is just kind of wild how 16 17 years later, now Phil and I were reconnected by my business partner in the Miracle Morning book series, Honoré Corder, and uh, who also works with Phil on his new book, Positivity, which we are going to talk about today. But first I want to give Phil an official, formal, worthwhile introduction here. So if you're not familiar this is Phil Helmuth and I'll tell you he's a family man first and foremost. He lives in Northern California with his wife of 28 years. Phil has the following life goal: become the greatest poker player of all time. Right? Just, just just a tiny little, you know, no big deal goal, right? Become the greatest poker player of all time. And I'll tell you after winning a record 14 world championships and counting, he still plays at the World Series of Poker. Phil has achieved that goal he's considered the best in the world when it comes to poker Phil is a New York Times best-selling author a television commentator a businessman and a tech investor with his new book Positivity Phil truly wishes to inspire a global audience to become better to think bigger to do more and to ultimately achieve their dreams and uh, based on what he's achieved in his life and the dreams he's accomplished you know I, I can't really uh, think there's much better of a person to Bring on the show today to talk to you about how to do this. So Phil Helmuth,
1: what well, my friend? Welcome. Oh, it's really nice to be here. That's really wild. You are at my kitchen table. I'm sitting <laughs> at that t- same table right now. Are you? How funny. You
0: same house. Same house. Yep. Oh wow. Yeah, it was a nice house. That's that's wild though. Yeah, I'm thinking. You know, when the lady referred me to you, I can't again. I can't remember her name, but I'm thinking this guy's. He's you know he's rich. He can definitely buy something. But again, I, I missed the point of making sure your wife was there, which is something that. My manager told us plenty of times <laughs> have both spouses there and uh I didn't I didn't always listen so I think I was just anxious to meet you so <laughs> I skipped it. <laughs> oh, anyway man, so uh so I before we get into the book which I you know, I, I've read through more than half of it this morning and it's a great it's it's literally it's about an hour read. So uh I love books where you know quality over quantity where you literally can get through the entire book and really bring in the the, the full concept or concepts that are you're trying to you know the author being you are trying to get across in you know just an hour right a day or two and uh, and then you can implement them right away which is something I've already started to do since this morning but before we get into the book talk about you know I'm sure our audience is just curious how do you become the world's greatest poker player right I guess it starts how do you become a poker player and get to the point where you're actually you know you make the decision. To do that for a living, where you're actually going to support yourself and your family by uh, you know playing cards? How, how do you? How do, uh, tell us the story of how that came to be?
1: Yeah, you know, I mean, I was at the University of Wisconsin and found this poker game, and uh, at the Memorial Union, you know, you were allowed to smoke pot in that place, but but <laughs> God forbid, God forbid, if you tried to play, but you know, poker for small stakes, they didn't like that, that which was funny. kind of weird. Yeah. I feel like you know. Anyway, so I started I started there, and, um, you know, I remember I just loved the game, and then that led to a bigger game. And, you know, my autobiography, uh, Poker Brad, came out August 1st, but we're not talking about that. We're talking about positivity because I'm so excited about that book. But I talk about, you know, kind of then we moved on to, it, you know, there's always another poker game. There's always someone that plays in another game. And so that was kind of a feeder game, I would call it, for the big game. And so imagine that I'm this 20-year-old college student playing poker, and all of a sudden I find myself in the big game and you know, looking across the table, 45-year-old professor, doctor, lawyer, professor, researcher. <laughs> you know, no one there was under the age of 38, and you have 20-year-old Bill sitting at the table. Nice. And just winning all the money. <laughs> winning. I just remember winning $2,700 was my wow. record at game. But you have to understand that was 33 years ago. So you can multiply that by about That's a lot 20. of money. Yeah. 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 And so, you know, I remember I paid off my student loans and just thought to myself, all right, now if I continue along this traditional path, and I did try to make it to business school, and that was the last straw when I didn't quite have the grades for business school. I applied myself. I, you know, grabbed a 3.8 or whatever one semester just to show them I could do it. Then I applied and they still rejected me. So I started studying philosophy instead and just decided, all right, you know, I'm going to play poker. And really, if you think about poker, it's philosophy and business. So perfect. I, I guess I never did finish my degree. And I think that a pivotal moment for me that I talk about in positivity and poker brat is when I was playing in a small stakes game in Wisconsin and You know, I think I had twenty thousand dollars in the bank and we're playing like stakes where maybe I could win three or four hundred dollars. And I was like bored and tired and I'm not a drug guy, but I I convinced some of my friends to leave and we smoked pot and we uh, had a drink. And so we're playing pool and it's one in the afternoon in this bar, this dingy lit bar. And it's an overcast day all day. And, you know, and I'm just like and I just look at I'm like, what am I doing with my life? I mean, this, you know, what is this kind of like playing $10, $20 a game at pool? You know, I've smoked pot and I'm having a drink and it's 1 p.m. <laughs> and I went to the side door and I pulled the door open and the sunlight had, had come streaming out. It was overcast all day. And so just this thing of opening this door and this light just hit me in the face. And it's, it's bouncing off the snow banks and light everywhere. And I'm like, oh, my God. It's like many days go by, water flowing underground. It's like that talking head song. And I I zipped out of there and I I hopped in a taxi and went back to my apartment and said, listen, all right, this is it. You know, I mean, if you're going to be a freshman poker player, you're going to be the best in the world. And so I wrote down my life goals, which is a chapter, one of the eight chapters in my book, foreign kind of chapter, but essential. And then I wrote down this pyramid of success. How am I going to get from here to there? You know, and kind of just decided I'm going to continue playing poker and I loved it. I was going to be the best in the world and kind of started making a plan to get there. And so two of the chapters come from basically that day. And the next thing you know, I was 24 and I'd won the main event, which was seven hundred and fifty thousand dollars. That was 1999. So multiply that times whatever, 30. It's a lot of money. And that was what, 1999.
0: 1989 oh, okay i was gonna say no because when i met you you weren't you were much older than 26
1: <laughs> yeah
0: <laughs> I was doing the math there i'm like wait that doesn't make sense. all right yeah
1: but to win the main event like yeah. that was a lifetime yeah, goal and so years old,
0: yeah
1: and i was able to scratch a bunch of lifetime goals off the list by the time i was 26 you know with the last one being right a new york times bestseller, and then that happened for me in 2004 Awesome. And then that, uh,
0: and that, yeah, you, you mentioned, you know, your first chapter of the book about writing down your life goals. For me, when it comes to reading a book, I think that most people, they want new, 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 right? I think that's a big part of our culture that we want. We, what's the new app or the new, right? You look at like advertising, for example, Taco Bell. How many configurations can they put of a tortilla and cheese and some ground beef and beans right like taco <laughs> bells just, the new inside out burrito taco loco yep. right you're like well, um, so but because people they they know people want new, and that people will go to taco Bell because now there's you know taco where the the out the shell is made of fried chicken right like there's all this crazy so so the point is that. I've really come to appreciate and understand that the value of repetition and the value of learning fundamental concepts, right? And really rooting your life and your work in these foundational, fundamental, proven principles that have worked for centuries that continue to work. And so what I liked about your chapter one, and what I, what I like about anytime I hear or read something that I'm familiar with, right? Like, I, you know, you're not the first person that said to write down your goals. But you are the first person that said to write down your goals the way that you set it. And, and that's what I love it, is it's able to reinforce concepts that I'm already familiar with. But for me, it caused me to pull out my goals and, and do some editing and make some upgrades and some adjustments. So, so
1: Oh, I, that's awesome. I'm yeah. Glad to that. Yeah, absolutely. So I, I, I loved that. If um, you're making adjustments, Oh, I've done something right here. Yeah. I love that. You know, by the way, it's, it's interesting because I almost didn't want to have that, that I almost didn't want to have that chapter in there because it isn't new. Like I think the other seven chapters introduce concepts people haven't really seen before, yeah. Um, uh, and so, or ideas and concepts surrounding them. And I'm like, it's just essential that you have the life goals in there. And you know, yeah, it's repetitive, but I'm glad that you saw something new in there. Yeah, in, in that chapter. Absolutely. So what? Let's let's start at the kind of the beginning
0: in terms of you know you're a New York Times bestselling author. The uh, And this is your first, you, you
1: decided to self-publish this one, right? You know, Honoree, who is your business partner, Cordair. Yeah. she is amazing. I was, another friend of yours and mine is Dan Cassetta. Yeah. And Dan, you know, even though I'd written a New York Times bestseller, even though I'd published Poker Bread, 145,000 words, he said, ah, why don't you call her? And I basically, I was trying to figure out, after writing a 145,415-page book, If I could get away with writing 10,000 words and having it be a book, Uh, it fits in your back pocket. Well, she encouraged me and I just thought, you know, she's the best book consultant in the world. And I didn't know how much business I would do with her, but I figured I'll take at least an hour. And then she brought me an amazing honor. He's amazing. Like she's the best book consultant in the world. She brought me look at the cover folks at home, go to Amazon, go to hashtag positivity. Her folks designed that cover for me. She had people that edited the inside of the book it's beautiful and i'm sure you can attest to what she's done Pat. sure
0: yeah i know absolutely she's probably the most knowledgeable <laughs> when it comes to all things books book writing book editing book formatting book design book marketing she's probably the most educated person uh, that you know that right that, that i'm that I
1: what's know. her book write a book like a boss she's got so many of them yeah i mean i can't she even keep 30 track. books out there she's cr- she's crushing and so yeah, and, and you know, I mean, so I mean, let's move to chapter two of positivity, which yeah. I which I like, but is not the most interesting. But but it's so simple. You write down your yearly goals and tape them to your bathroom mirror. Yeah, that's a chapter. And yeah, I, there's some unique ways I do that, and you know, there's there's some really cool things. And then and then the the third chapter, it's it's you know, it's it's basically write down your blessings and tape them to your bathroom mirror. So those are the two chapters where. Every morning you're brushing your teeth, you're putting up makeup, putting on makeup or whatever. You're, you know, messing around with your hair, you're shaving and there it is on your bathroom mirror right in front of you, your yearly goals, which of course tie into your lifetime goals and your blessings. So you leave the day informed and you leave the day happy because, you know, that blessings and I talk about, you know, at the top of the blessings list is always health and, you know. And then family for 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 most of us, and so, and so yeah. I mean, those are kind of fun. Those are basic chapters, but it's you know, it's that's what I've done, you know. And I've been able, I've been very lucky, I've you know, to to accomplish a lot in my life, and and you know, I'm really I'm really proud of this book, and I'm really proud of the fact, you know, Cheryl Sandberg gave me an amazing jacket blurb for the back of that. So did Tony Robbins. Yeah,
0: not bad. In fact, let's let's just why uh, might as well pause. Here's what Tony Robbins says. Phil Hellmuth has achieved extraordinary success as the world's greatest poker player and deep personal fulfillment as a dedicated father and husband. In his powerful new book, Positivity, he shares tips on how to realize your dreams. And then, since I'm looking at Cheryl Sandberg.
1: Yes, here. Tony. Thank you. Yes, oh, yes. Hey, thank Cheryl. you.
0: Cheryl's is awesome. Cheryl says, Phil Helmuth Jr., she got the junior in there. Let's down his poker face and shares the personal strategies that helped him achieve success as a world-class poker player and best-selling author. Is easy to follow, but powerful tips will inspire you to achieve your own dreams and incorporate po- hashtag positivity
1: into everything you do. Hal, um, yeah. do me a favor and read that last part. of The easy to follow and powerful. She's just such a. She's so amazing. Yeah, his easy
0: to follow but powerful tips will inspire you to achieve your own dreams and incorporate hashtag positivity into everything you do. Um,
1: Sheryl Sandberg is amazing too. I mean, you know, she started a whole movement, Lean In. And then of course, I'm just so honored to have those two give me such great quotes. And then Draymond Green, who I love, you know, and as a friend of mine, gave me a pretty a pretty simple quote there. But it's it's pretty cool stuff.
0: Yeah. No, that is exciting and you keep good company, Phil. That says that
1: that says something about you right there, right? Yeah. Thank you. Thank so, you. So, yeah. It's been very very lucky.
0: So yeah, so the book, you you, you cover your unique way of, of how you kind of set and write down your life goals, how you bathroom mirror your yearly goals, your blessings, right? To keep them top of mind, which is so important. And for me, I have a habit of mine are not bathroom mirrored, but they are going to be now because again, I read your book started
1: this morning. <laughs> oh, that's a, that's a big compliment if I'm influencing you again. Oh, yeah. sweet. No, myself. absolutely.
0: But but for me, when here, here's what I love about it is I'm actually going to use it for my kids. So I'm going to bathroom mirror my goals and my wife's goals to set the example for my two kids. And then I'm going to bathroom. That was my when I read it. That's actually what got me excited right away is I thought I want a bathroom mirror to set the example for the kids, but I don't want to actually help them set their goals for this year and then bathroom mirror their goals. So yeah, no, that's, that's fantastic.
1: I'm talking about, I knew, I knew I kind of had a hit book here when I was sending it to my friends and saying, Hey, you can't show this to anybody. And they're like, can I read it to my wife? Can I read it to my kids? And I was like, Oh my God, my super amazing friends are reading my book to their wife and kids. I, I was, and I was just like, I just felt like, wow, this is, and what I try to do, Hal, is basically have truth. Like I have eight chapters in here; it's all about truth. And I was lucky with play poker like the pros. I wrote the truthful best way to play poker, and it hit the bestseller list. So I have this theory: if you present truth, you can sell tons of copies and help a lot of people.
0: Yeah. No. Yeah. You're You're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. And And, and it resonates in your you know your voice through the book. I want to talk about one of the things you cover in the book, which is which is definitely unique. I'd never seen it this way, heard it this way, had it structured this way. It's creating your pyramid for success. Talk about what that what that is, what that means, what that will do for people.
1: Yeah, that's uh, that was something that I just came up with way back in 1988. And so basically, I just thought, you know, I like the concept of a pyramid, and I thought, well, if I want to be the greatest poker player of all time, I can write down. I'll have this pyramid that will help show me my strengths and weaknesses, you know. And so basically, I, I basically I took 10 different blocks to this pyramid and the top of the list, money management, the top of the list will be money management for most people. So the very top pyramid will be money management for most of the world. And the reason why is you want to be able to pay your bills on time. And that takes enormous pressure off of people, Right. If you're not paying your bills on time, you're worried about being kicked out, you're worried about having your phone shut off, all of this stuff. So, that was kind of the top layer. That was kind of the top one for me. But, you know, down below for me was, all right, let's not become you're a poker player, but let's not become a compulsive gambler. Let's not, you know. And so, you <laughs> so know, there's, what I mean? a, there's a difference between the two, right? <laughs> well, I mean, you, sure, you can make a lot of money playing poker. A lot of a lot of the great poker players have made decamillions millions playing the game it doesn't mean that we have to fall into the trap of losing money playing craps or betting too much money sports. I watched a lot of my friends have these weaknesses. So yeah, it was kind of a level of the pyramid is let's avoid being compulsive. And that includes compulsive when it comes to drugs or drinking too much, you know, and so, you know, kind of like have 10 concepts, some stuff I needed to avoid and wanted to avoid. And then there's some other things that all right, this is what you need to have. You need to have discipline if you're going to be a professional poker player. Discipline is hugely important. And so, you know, right way back when I came up with this pyramid in kind of a moment of inspiration and uh, it's kind of guided my life.
0: That's beautiful. And I think that, you know, it is those things that we come up with Well, in fact, you know what? I actually, I'm going to shut myself up because you talk about this later in uh, talking about how opening doors, you know, for anybody listening, the subtitle of Phil's book. So the book is hashtag positivity. The subtitle is you are always in the right place at the right time. And, uh, I want to talk to you about that one because that for me, I thought was, and I'm actually, I'm skipping a chapter because that was the most valuable part for me was what I'm skipping. And I want to close with that. So um, but but w- well, the second most valuable takeaway for me was about being in the right place at the right time. And so and, uh, in your chap- the chapter, you talk about it. It's called Open a Door. Well, what does that mean? Uh, can you explain for people, what does that mean you are always in the right place at the right time? I know some of our listeners might feel like They are too often in the wrong place at the wrong time. (laughs) You know, would would love to know, Hey, how do I, how do I either get to the right place or realize
1: that I am already in the right place? They're already in the right place. And so that was, that was so powerful. What I wanted to call this book is how to achieve great things in life. And that's, and you know, as the years passed, I became known as the hashtag positivity guy on Twitter. So I'm like, you know what? That's cool. Stick with, stick with then, it. Works, yeah. You know, yeah. And then I thought, all right, you know what? I'm going to I'm going to change. It was so powerful to tell people, you are in the right place at the right time. And so this started when I moved to the Bay Area in you know 1996 or whatever it was 95 and 94. That's right. And so I remember moving here and running into all these successful people. I'd asked them. How did you do this? And they always said I was in the right place at the right time. And I I was drilling down on that, and I kept hearing that from a dozen people. And each time I'd kind of dig for more. Are they just being modest? You know. And but they really felt that was the case. And I thought so. I spent ten years thinking about this and thinking, you know, we're always in the right place at the right time. Everybody is, but most people don't understand that. And so it's very simple. I can explain it like this. The people that know they're in the right place at the right time, they see a door that they can open, a figurative door. They open the door and boom, there's four more doors. But if you're not looking for doors, most people in the world aren't looking for these doors. And so they're missing out all around them. They have the sense that, you know, maybe something great could have happened to me today, but didn't. They have the sense that maybe I was in a very cool place today, but they didn't see the right door to take. And so the way to kind of explain that to people is... There's there's two different people sitting at the dinner table, two men or women sitting at the dinner table. They lay out, let's call them men just for to, to save time. All right. Call them women to save time. Screw it. <laughs> a Woman lays out the amazing her dream. We'll call it a men because it's a sports bar. Concept. Maybe
0: we go transgender. That's kind of the thing. No. Okay. Right. Never mind.
1: Sure. Keep going. <laughs> so the one guy like, he lays down this plan for the perfect sports bar in front of his wife and kids, and then he says, "Martha, please pass the piece to his wife." Martha, please means he's forgotten all about it, right? But he laid down this. Then a, now, the second guy lays down this amazing idea for a sports bar. But the difference is the next day when he's coming back from work, he says, you know what? I'm going to spend an extra 20 minutes and I'm going to stop by my favorite sports bar. And so he's decided to open a door. OK, now, yeah, of course, he's opened a real door to walk into the sports bar. <laughs> but I'm talking about the figurative door, which is and an we- opportunity, right?
0: I mean, would you say a door represents an opportunity?
1: Correct. He's, he's, he knows his vision and he's decided to move forward. And it's as simple as stopping by his favorite sports bar. Now, after he walks through that door, the figurative door, who knows, the owner might be there. You can immediately see hell. any of our listeners can imagine six or seven doors right behind that one. One of them being that the sports bar owner is like sick of owning the place and he wants to sell it to him. That's kind of an ideal scenario. Whereas on the other end of the door spectrum, maybe door number seven, The owner says, hey, you know, you're going to have to work 60 hours a week. You have to be here at close. And the guy's like, you know, I don't want to do that. But at least he's pursued this. And he's found out very quickly that that's not the dream he wants to pursue. But if it is one of the dreams he wants to pursue, maybe the owner of this bar helps him finance his own place. Maybe he helps him find some bankers or the people that financed him. The point is there will be another door there. And when you choose that door, you're even further along. And so we're always all of us in these situations. And so I kind of set up the first few chapters of the book to have people decide what exactly they want to do in life and what their strengths and weaknesses are. So they've already thought about all that. And then it should be easier for them to understand what door they're looking for.
0: I love it. I love it. And that and that really is it is you, you hear so many times, right, people, it's it's almost like a part of our culture that kind of almost a joke where it's like, Oh, I invented that. Right. I thought like you see an invention or a new product or something. "I, I invented that like three years ago, sweetie. Remember, remember I was telling you about that thing and I had the idea for the thing. And it's like,
1: right. But they didn't open the door, you know, to your point. Uh, we have all That's, these great that ideas. That happens constantly. I mean, if you invented an idea, I mean, there's so many doors if you have, if you've invented something very cool, there's so many doors you can take. You can go to the patent attorney down the street and maybe he's so excited about it that he finances it himself. He's like, you know, I love this idea and, uh, you know, I can help you and I'll do work for free, but I want 30% of it. And now you don't even have to deviate too much from your own life to get this done because what have you done? You just very simply Went to so you can just see these doors they exist and people just don't see them they don't understand that they're there it's a very simple process and once you go through a door you know it's almost like a, a Goethe or somebody said all manner of things once you take the first step will kind of fall into your path and speed you along your way
0: I love that there's another quote I, I'm looking around for it I think it's somewhere in my office but. It's from Henry David Thoreau, which, uh, and I'll paraphrase it, something along the lines of that, yeah, when you, co- when you fully commit to something, that's when providence moves and forces beyond our understanding come to our aid to help us along the path to achieving our goal, right? Yep. Um, and I found it to be so... And then the simple one is the harder you work, the luckier you get, right? In other words, the more doors you open... The luckier you get. In fact, I'd say that's even more accurate than saying the harder you work, the luckier you get. The more doors you open, that the luckier you get. You, the more opportunities you pursue, and you open the door, you go, oh wow, I didn't know behind this door is Phil Helmuth, and he is also looking for the same thing I'm looking for, and we actually become business partners, or you know whatever. Right? It's like, but most people they just they don't do anything with it because fear of failure or just uncertainty or not knowing where to start. Which, by the way, Phil, would, wouldn't you agree with
1: with Google? there's no, I don't know where to start because you can Google it. right? I agree 100%, yeah. 100% with that. I mean, you, it, whatever dream you have, there is a way to pursue it, you know? And if you believe in it strongly enough, I mean, we all have dreams that we're like, Oh, I'd like to do that. But you know, but then you, you think about it for a day and you're like, ah, eh, maybe that's not what I want to do. I didn't see the downside. Sure. But when you see that dream, it's just so easy. And so yeah, for me to just be able to open millions of people's eyes to the fact that they're in the right place in the right time, and the fact that there's a door very close by for them to go through. It's just huge. And, you know, I mean, that's why I wrote this book. Yes, all right. You always have to recognize your own self-interest. That's important in life. I don't like people that say, I did it just for this or just for that. Sure, sure, sure. So I I feel like, uh, you know, it it might be my number one reason. It's very close. Yes, I would like to make 10 or $20 million. That's great, too. But I would like to—it's almost like I have— I've been very lucky with money. It's almost like I can I feel like I can honestly say that just to be able to help out would help millions of people out and have a profound influence on the world or at least some influence on millions of people. It's just it's just such a cool thing. And, you know, and I think the rewards for that are are infinite whether you make money or not.
0: I agree. I agree my friend, and I wanted I want to close this out with what really spoke to me and it was uh, it was the chapter in the book titled Honor Your Code, but specifically you talked about the reason that people don't achieve the level of success that they that they are capable of or they fall apart on their path to achieving that success or like once they achieve it they kind of they fall apart as soon as they get it. And you talked about that it was because it was they lacked a sense of entitlement. So people who fail or fail to reach their goals or give up on their goals, or they fall apart, as you put it, it's because they lack a sense of entitlement. Now, entitlement is a word in our society that usually is viewed negatively to where you wouldn't want to be entitled. In fact, I read a lot of parenting books that talk about how, you know, here's how you raise your kid. Literally, there's a book I'm reading right now called like How to Raise Grateful Kids in an Entitled World, right? So uh, can you please uh, talk about what you mean by the fact that, that the problem with people is that they're lacking
1: a sense of entitlement? That's exactly right. So what I would see is I would see people in poker tournaments with the chance to make millions of dollars, win world championships, make history, and suddenly just fall apart. And I just couldn't understand why they kept falling apart, falling apart, falling apart. And I did some research into this and looked into some of these guys. And yes, some people just do fall apart. That's okay. But it occurred to me that some of these guys were just not good people, right? And so, you know, when faced with, you know, do I have the right to continue to move forward to make millions of dollars? Okay. Something would be like, you know what? I have really mistreated my kids. I have really mistreated my wife. I've been a bad guy. You know, uh, I've been an alcoholic and done bad things or I've been a drug. I've been addicted to drugs and I've stolen or whatever it is. These things kind of get in the way because you're not really ready to receive the gift of winning big. And so, you know, and so, yeah, it's it's weird that, you know, entitlement has turned into a bad word. You need a healthy sense of entitlement if you want to do some great things in life. It's just a fact. You know, you can't, you know, and that's a normal, natural thing. And so I'm teaching people to honor their code. So for me, now, this is not a religious thing, and I'm not preaching to people. But for me personally, part of my code is to not cheat on my wife the way I was raised. So I've been married 29 years or whatever it's been. I've never cheated on my wife. I'm proud of that. She tells me not to tell everybody all the time. Sorry, honey. Um, But I'm proud of that, you know, And, and you become rich and famous, you know, 15 years ago or whatever, and you have lots of opportunities along those lines. And so I'm very proud of the fact that I've remained pure like that. And so whatever. So I tell people in the book, whatever your sense of entitlement, whatever your code is, honor that code and the more you honor that code the more entitled you feel to achieve great things in life
0: absolutely and that where that resonated with me so i think that even if um i just want to give a, another side of that which is even if you haven't done necessarily bad things i think that we all have a we're missing entitlement in just just as human beings realizing that you know if you're a human being you are just as deserving and worthy and capable of achieving everything that you want in life as any other person on the planet, period, right? And I know for me, that was one thing that I realized when I got cancer was I had this, this belief that who am I to achieve all of this success? And, and even to the point where I had my car accident many years ago and then in a, in a couple other kind of major adversities along the way, and it was like I was waiting for the next one because I thought that's what I life has showed me that I deserve that I deserve to go through these extraordinary adversities and come out on top and use them to help other people. What's the next one that's coming my way and I didn't realize that until I, you know I had cancer for probably a month or two, and a friend one of my closest friends, Matt said, "Hey, do you remember me tell- you telling me that you felt like you know you you were having trouble uh feeling that you deserved the success you had achieved and that you were unconsciously, you were like waiting for the next major adversity in your life. And I had forgotten that. And he reminded me and and it really rang true as something that I felt it caused some major challenges. So I immediately created an affirmation that says, I deserve to be healthy and happy and wealthy for now and for the rest of my life. And and then I love what you like, you know, you did this in the book. That is awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And, uh, you know, and I had to own that and I'll tell you it, because I had that subconscious belief, I had to like read it every day and override it. But I love what you did in the book. You know, there's so much practical examples of you kind of talk about how you actually, you bullet pointed point by point, all of the reasons, like a list of reasons why you felt you were deserving of success. And I love that list because I, I you know, I started modeling that adding to my affirmations. I thought though, for anybody reading, they're going to go, Oh, wow just by reading that, that chapter alone. It's like, I deserve success too. I, just like Phil does. I deserve success, you know? And then you give the bullet points, so they literally can kind of use that as an example to create their own list that they can read every day and
1: really own, right. own their greatness. That's right. I had to give myself reasons why I was allowed to be the greatest poker player of all time. So I knew, I knew that the title of being the greatest poker player of all time is very closely tied to winning World Series bracelets. And finally, I was ready to break through and own that space and be the greatest. And, you know, and I just was stumbling a little bit, you know, and I'm like, what is the stumbling? What's going on? And I sat back and I, and, and that's exactly right. I said, all right, I deserve, why do I deserve to be the greatest of all time? Okay. Why do I deserve that? Well, completely, my morals and ethics are perfect. My honor is perfect. I've done a great job as a father. I, I actually wrote down a list. And so, yeah. You're right. uh, We're really talking about self-esteem. So not everybody, right? And so, so honoring my code, and so that was I was able to check those things off. Okay, never cheated on my wife. Okay, good father. Okay, great, you know, great at this. You know, perfect morals, perfect ethics, great husband, great father. And so to get all of that stuff down and to write it down and say, all right, there's no reason I shouldn't be the greatest of all time, right? Uh, And so then to eliminate that obstacle. Uh, you know, kind of gave me the entitlement to feel like, all right, I could be the greatest. You know, why not me? Why not me is a great word. Why not me?
0: Why not me? Exactly. Yeah. If another human being has has or can
1: accomplish something, why not me? Right. Yeah. Uh, And and I'm living my life at a very high level, doing everything right. Why not me? And so whatever people's codes are, and you know, there are a lot of marriages where they're open marriages and there's Marriages where people are taught that, you know, there's guys that are taught that it's okay to to step out on their wife. And I'm not judging any of them. Whatever your code is, you should be able to figure that out within 30 seconds because that's an easy one. Everybody knows what their code is. And then you have to make sure you honor it. And the more you honor it, the more discipline you show to keep to your code more entitlement you receive yeah no, I know I love
0: that no you're you're absolutely right and and I, I agree that the code or you know living along uh, uh, in alignment with your values is it, it's the foundational guiding compass I think that can lead any of us to a life of fulfillment and abundance and everything else that we want uh, well Phil what where is uh, the best place where can people find you where can they get the book positivity what uh, let, let our yes yeah, so know
1: you know, I was lucky that, you know, Amazon was interested and and really wanted me. And they said, Hey, Phil, you know, we can do all these things for you if you sign a year exclusive with us. So the bad side of, yeah, it's great. You're saying nice. You're like me. Nice. (laughs) (laughs) The bad side is though the book isn't in any, you can't, you can only get it at Amazon. So the bad side is you can't like be wandering through an airport and say, that's the book I want from Phil. You actually have to, to make an effort to get it at Amazon. But I think it's $8.88 to buy the, uh, the computer. What am I thinking? The ebook version. And then, and then I had it at, at, at $16.88, but it's gone down. Amazon lowers the price without talking to you. So mm. <laughs> they lowered the price of the book a little bit, uh, the book itself, but it fits in your back pocket. And I'm super proud. I, I really think that, you know, I felt for 15 years that I can help millions of people make more money, achieve more with their lives, do more, and be happier. Beautiful.
0: Well, Phil, you've done a phenomenal job with this book. Uh, and again, uh, listeners, it's hashtag positivity and you can read it in an hour. Uh, so you cannot beat that. A lot of value in a short amount of time. Uh, Phil, thank you for being on the show, my friend. A really, really a great to 17 years later, reconnect with you.
1: Full circle. I mean, I'm sitting at the same table that you and I sat at 16, 17 years ago. I love it.
0: I need. I, to pull so. up, I might pull out my Cutco sample kit, fly out there and uh, do, try again with your wife home. <laughs>
1: <laughs> we'll buy 10 sets just to support you i love it man wait well, hey,
0: phil appreciate you uh and let me wrap this thing up with our achieve your goals podcast listeners thanks for tuning in to another episode hope you enjoyed hearing from phil Helmuth, the world's greatest poker player as much as i enjoyed our conversation and uh check out the book on amazon positivity you are always in the right place at the right time and uh i love you and i will talk to you next week take care everybody